Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Life Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. As you know, I mean, how many noticed like when Pastor Silva there, she met, she, I was kind of looking, we did, uh, the amount of scripture she used. Did you notice that? This year you need to be equipped because whatever you're facing will only respond to the word of God, not to common theology. So this year, you're going to hear a lot of the word because the problems that are created can only be reversed by the word of God, not by the thing that created them. So this year, you need to go out of one system to jump into another system. And it's, a, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a challenge for some of us is because we are reactionary. But what we're going to learn today is that when you learn how God's system works, you will happily leave the other system. The, the issue that we have here today that you have, I have, the world has is this is because we've never been taught about God's system and how it works, so it makes it hard because we're used to one system. See, most people don't leave God because of... The reason most people leave God is because they don't have an understanding of how good He is. So... The word repentance means to go back home to the original. Now, if you don't know what the original is, how are you supposed to get there? So this year, you're going to learn about your home. You're going to learn how God's home works. So I want you not to look at this as a message, but you're going on a journey. You're going to leave one country, and you're going to go into another country, which is God's country. Good? Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you that you're going to speak to us, move inside of us, and change our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. amen and amen. You may be seated. God's kingdom will undo all you have come to know and expect. Jesus didn't come to give us a religion. There are 4,000 to 4,300 registered religions in the world where Jesus didn't come to give us a religion. He came to give us back a kingdom. Now, when we start talking about Jesus preached the kingdom of God, we've been taught, when I said, teach us how to pray, your kingdom come. Every kingdom has a system. Every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom has a style of worship. Every kingdom has a belief system. And Jesus came not to give us another religion. See, the difference between what Jesus came and the other 4,000 religions is this. It's really simple. Everybody say simple. Every other religion, the king comes to be served. Jesus came to in a kingdom where he serves us. I thought that would kind of make people glad. Every other form of religion is how do I appease God? What must I do to receive from God? And what does he want? 
But Jesus came and he says, I'm, the, I'm, I'm changing, you got the wrong system. I came here to serve, not to be served. Now, so Jesus started to use, and when he preached about the kingdom, he didn't preach theory or philosophy. He preached every parable is an invitation for the power of God to work in everyday life. Would you like me to repeat that? Because you're kind of looking. See, every parable, see, the, the, way we are, the way we are created, we are, we are drawn to the presence of God that works into everyday life. Religion gives you a style of worship. Now, I read this uh, uh, quote by one of the rabbis before Christ came, and he made this quote. He says, a lot of people can tell you about God, give you scriptures about God, but very few have an understanding of God. So today, we have numerous books, numerous messages that tell you about God. But if you, knowing about God does not transform into the power of God. It's the understanding. It is whatever you understand manifests in your life. So when there is an understanding of prosperity, and you go, I get it now, that means I can live it. See, most people can quote the scripture, but see, when you understand healing, guess what happens? You get healed. When you understand deliverance, you get delivered. So when every parable, God identifies himself in your everyday life. What does everyday life mean? Today, you are living in a medical system. So we've got health, we've got medicine, we've got that. We have a financial system that tells you that if you want to get ahead in finances, this is what you do. We have a family system that tells you this is how you should have a family, this is how you treat each other. We have systems for our everyday life. We have a nutritional system. There's so many systems and that are in everyday life. So the kingdom of God comes into every everyday system. All of you go to work, you've got a car, you've got a mortgage, you've got holidays. It's a system. And what a system does, it tells you what you can have, what you can expect, and how you can get it and maintain it. So Jesus comes into a system and he says this, the kingdom of God is here. So the first thing we understand about the kingdom of God, it's never a futuristic kingdom. It's never, see, when uh, I was born in 1970 and most people thought about it like this, is to get into the kingdom, you get born on earth, then you die and then you get the kingdom benefits. Jesus talks about future rewards, but he also talks about present day rewards. So when God talks about a parable, every parable affects everyday life. Everybody say amen. Say it like you mean it. So now, what's this? Because God started talking parables, the first thing he tells you about himself, I am interested in your everyday life. There is not one part of your life 
that God says, I am not interested in. And in Matthew 20, verses 1 to 16, God talks about the parable of the vineyard. Now, when he starts to talk about the parable of the vineyard, it's phenomenal because this parable touches everyday life. It touches everything about you. It changes your belief system. Now, let's read it. And verse one, and I'm going it's, it's to. How many of you got up this morning and read the Bible? Okay, good. Couple. For those that didn't, we're going to read 16 verses. Now, watch this. This he's talking about the kingdom. God's kingdom will undo all you have come to know and expect. This will help you understand the way heaven's kingdom operates. There was once a wealthy landowner who went out at daybreak to hire all the laborers he could find to work in his vineyard. Just stop there for a moment. There was an, Jesus is talking into an economy where the economy is governed by the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was only concerned about making money. It was never about the welfare of the people. So what it did, it taxed the people to a point. So, God, so now Jesus is talking to people that are in financial dilemma. And it starts like this, that at daybreak he came. What happened was this. There were people that couldn't find employment. So these people that couldn't come to employment, they had to go to the unemployment line. It's called Centrelink, okay? They went to Centrelink and they stand there. And then... People that have jobs come in and they pick you. So if you had a laboring job, guess what? Even though you had a university degree, you couldn't get work. So if I needed somebody to dig holes, I wouldn't pick skinny people. I would go, hey, here's 40 kilos. Can you lift it? Yes, I pick you. Can you lift it? Never been lifted before. Okay, no, you go back. So what happens is this is that the system picks you. The system decides who gets to work and who doesn't. Ah, okay, watch this. So he's in this system. After agreeing to pay them the standard daily wage. Now, stop there. I'm gonna give, you're going to get a lot this morning. The standard daily wage was that you had enough to supply your whole family for a day. So that meant paying your rent, paying your mortgage, fuel for the car, uh, money to save for a holiday, put this for the kids' education, for clothing, this, 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 this. It supplied all of your needs for a whole day. He put them to work. Then at nine o'clock, as he was passing through the town square, he found others standing around without work. And he told them, come, and work for me in my vineyard, and I will pay you a fair wage. So they went and joined the others. So I want you to notice this. So get this picture. People have already started working. They have been to a process of three hours. Now, all of a sudden, he finds more people. He tells them, I will look after you. And now the second shift starts. So these people have more energy. And these people are said to be working. So if you think, if you are the first one to get hired, and then somebody starts at nine, you're already thinking, 
man, I've put in more hours than they have. Now watch this. Let's keep going. You good? He did the same thing at noon and at, and at 3 o'clock, making the same arrangements as he did that day. And to the others, hoping to finish his harvest that day. He went to the town square again at 5 o'clock. That means one hour ago. And he found more who were, who were idle. And he said to them, why have you been here all day without work? Because no one hired us. I just want you to get this. Think, think of yourself as the guy that picks at five. That means your family, what you need is now lacking. You missed the opportunity to work first shift, second shift, third shift. You're on the last shift. You only get one hour. So you think about these people that they said, why aren't you working? We haven't had the opportunity. No one, no one picked us. How many of you sometimes feel that if I had been at the right place at the right time they picked me, my life would be different? No one here? Okay, it's for those online. And you know what? And they give him the excuse. The reason that we haven't been picked, we haven't been picked. So right now, every man, every woman that went out to serve could go home with a reason, come home to the family. Hey, family, today we are lacking. Hey, Dad, why are we lacking? No one picked me. So they had a genuine reason for not having their needs met. Okay, because no one hired us, they answered. So he said to them, then go and join my crew and work in my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard went to his foreman and said, call in all the laborers, line them up and pay them the same wages. Uh, would I be the only one here this morning and online that would, there's something wrong with this? Think, think about this, right? Three hours I've worked. So the people that worked before worked over nine hours more than the people that got last. The foreman comes in and he says this, the, the owner, now he's, the, he's now the shifting. This is now the shift. The owner is making his wage system not the system that it, everybody operates under. Think about this. And when I first read this, I had a talk to Jesus. And I wanted to help him. Because I felt that somewhere down the tracks, there's been a, a, a grammatical error. There's been, they didn't get an accountant. I mean, I mean, if Jesus had an accountant, this guy would have been better off. Think, think about now, just, what, just think about this. I'm talking about the system economy. If you run a business, you hire an accountant. What's an accountant supposed to do? Cut costs. If I reduce everybody's wage by a dollar, 
I have 100 people working for me, means I get $100 more a day. Then they work five days a week, I get $500 more. They work for 52 weeks of the year, I'm making an extra 25000 What would you do? They don't need to have an hour lunch. Come on, you can eat a sandwich in 15 minutes. Isn't it amazing, just, just, just think about it, that we reduce hourly rates in our business world, but the product still costs more. Welcome to the economy class. Now, so all of a sudden, he's breaking a system. See, this used to be, when I first saw this, in the church that I was born again in, talked about, oh, this is talking about salvation. This is talking about somebody gets saved when they're 13 or 14, and then they serve God, serve God. They pay their tithes to do that. And then somebody gets saved at 99 and on their deathbed receives Jesus, and God gives them the same reward. That sounds good, doesn't it? Very religious, though, but it sounds good. So the whole concept there is, right, starting with the recent ones I hired and finishing with the ones that worked all day. He switches the order of preference. Shouldn't, shouldn't the system be honoring the guys that have worked the hardest? Shouldn't the person that's put more effort in get more recognition? Shouldn't the person that works harder get more? The system we have is the work you put in is equal to the reward you get. And so God's talking now about the kingdom and he reverses it. Now, And when those he hired late that day came to be paid, they were given a full day's wage. And when those who had been hired first came to be paid, they, con they conceived that they would receive more. But everybody was paid the standard wage. When they realized what had happened, they were offended and complained to the landowner. When you start to get blessed, you will tick off people. The best way to upset a religious system is to get what everybody's worked for and you get it for free. Okay, I'm on my own here. Complain to the landowner. Now, I want you to notice this. They complained to the owner that went straight to the top, they were going, excuse me, your system is unfair. Your system, right? Saying, you treated us unfairly. They only work for one hour while we labored and sweated all day under the scorching sun. Uh, don't put your hand up, but I'll know, I'll know who you are, okay? Because God will speak to me. Whose side are you on here? Come on. All the revolutionaries. Whose side are you on? 
I worked all day. He works an hour, but we get the same reward. It's not. Come on. It's not. Ah, oh, question for you. Who decides what fair is? Which system decides what's fair? Which system tells you whether you're good or not? Which system tells you whether you deserve something or not? Hmm. They only work for one hour while we labored and sweated all day under the scorching sun. And watch this. And this was their accusation. You've made them equal to us. Ooh. Everybody say, ooh. <laughs> you made them equal. Now, no, watch this. You know what they're saying? We've put so much effort in to get to the position we are in, to the status that we are in, but you have taken somebody that is, hasn't done what we've done and you put us on the same favor system. I remember the first time I was in India, people told me all about the caste system. I, I got it. But then I realized I live in Australia, we have a caste system. I've been to New Zealand, they have a caste system. Been to Germany, caste system. Denmark, caste system. Every nation has a caste system. Allow me to, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Who tells you where to live? Your finance, that's a caste system. Your wage gives you this is where you are, this is what you do. Every, everybody, the system that God is, is taking us out of has a caste system. He tells you this, well, hold on. You know what, when you first apply for a job, they ask for your education, correct? That's a caste system. I'm not, I'm not against education. But they tell you, if you want this lifestyle, you need this education, you need to get paid like this, you need to know these people. We think caste systems, where do you live? I remember one time, I was, uh, I was looking at hiring a youth pastor, and he was living in the, in the outer suburbs. And I said, I'm from the western suburbs. And he says, where do you live? I said, Williamstown. He goes, oh, you're not from the western suburbs. I said, oh, well, I don't need you in my church. See, the, the whole system, what is this? You made us equal. So in God's system, he's talking to you about a parable, and he says, everybody's equal. The landowner replied, watch this. Am I not being fair? I am doing exactly what I want. Do you agree to, you agree to work for the day's wage? Stop there. Do you realize what this is now? It is a group of people determining the generosity of the landowner. Isn't it amazing that people that don't understand favor of God are stopping people from getting the favor of God? You know, the Bible said this about the Pharisees. He goes, you, you don't go into the kingdom, but you're at the front door stopping others. So you know what they're saying to him? Excuse me, God, because he's talking about his father, the landowner. He's, he's directly talking to God. There is a group of people that have worked so hard that they now are telling God what he should give to everybody that hasn't worked as hard as them. 
What they wanted. You need to treat them according to our system. But now it gets better. Look at this. Didn't you agree to work for that day, standard day's wage? If I give those who only work for an hour's equal pay, what does it matter to you? Do you realize what this does now? It tells you that the system outside of God doesn't work on generosity. It works on effort. See, the first thing that happens in this system is that the moment God blesses you outside of the system, people go, that's not right. Well, how is it that you can get that job, but my education is better? How is it you can have that relationship? I can't. How is it that you can afford this home, but you haven't got my education, you haven't got my effort, and you don't know the people that I know? How can that be? So all of a sudden, it, it comes there and they are revealing that the system that they are operating on. So God is now unveiling a system that he wants you out of. And he says, I love it. If, you, if I want to give those who only work an hour equal pay, what does that matter to you? Don't, don't I have the right, listen to this, don't I have the right to do what I want with what's mine? Why should my generosity make you so jealous? Ooh, watch this. God says this, the gifts that I give are my gifts. They are not determined by what you think. Do you realize that the, 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 the religious system, I'm talking about the system that hasn't fully embraced the grace of God, the favor of God, the love of God, and the finished work of Jesus Christ. When a system comes and says, you cannot expect that from God. Why can't I expect that from God? You don't work hard enough. You don't pray hard enough. You don't worship this way. You worship this way. You, you clap offbeat and run offbeat. You, there is a system that is representing God and telling you what to expect. And then the audacity of this system is telling God back off. Why should my generosity make you jealous? Now, I want you to see this now. The darker it gets, the more you get to shine. And the more you get to shine, the more people will see you. Favor makes you come out of hiding because God will bless us so much. God will look after you to such an extent that people will become jealous. Okay. Now, you can understand what I meant when I said that the first will end up last and the last will end up first. Everybody is invited, but few make the cho are chosen. Now, watch this. What's he talking about? Go right back to the beginning over there when we talked about is that everybody... Everybody is there and they're going, well, I hope God chooses me. I, I hope God blesses me. I hope this. So, so the picture, look at this picture, is everybody is lined up. The owner comes up and he goes, you, 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 you. So everybody is, the mentality is this. I'm waiting for God to pick me, to bless me. And God reverses it. 
And he says, I've already chosen you. Now you've got to choose me. You choose the blessing, not me, because I have already chosen you for the blessing. What's this doing? He's going this. There's a belief system is if I work hard enough, it's called a merit-based system. If I work hard enough, if I worship long enough, if I serve long enough, if I do all of these things, then I can expect God to do this. But God reverses and says, I want to bless you without you doing See, this, the system that God is taking us out of, saving us out of, you don't have to save yourself. God does the saving. Watch this. I didn't see this till last night. I was reading over this, and then God just gave me this just little glimpse. And he talked to me about the prodigal son. It blew me away. I've never seen this before. And as I was praying, God said, watch this. Let me show you the power of repentance. The prodigal son said he came to his right mind. He went to the father. He said, I, I, I blew it. From that on, the father took over. It was no longer about him. It was all about the father. All he had to do was to respond. And what did he do? He went to the father. And he said, Father, I've sinned. From that moment on, the father zipped him and he said this, I now take over. You had to do it your way. You had to make the decision. You had to come to the point, here I am. And from that point on, God takes over. Do you know what we've done? Religion have said, yeah, come to God. But then you've got to help God. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. The, the key is this. The moment you come to God, you choose God, God takes over. Now, and what else does this teach us? It teaches us this. Every one of them had the need. So God says this. My power is manifested in your need. So your need is this. If you haven't got the seven hours or the nine hours to meet your need, you've only got half a minute, I'll still meet your need. See, most of us, we've got to get away. We've got to get to a point where we allow God to meet our needs, not us. I worship team, I'd like you to come. Oh, I've done well. I've, done, I've preached for 30 minutes. Everybody say, hey, Ted, this is a miracle. Please keep going. So watch this. You know what it is? You need to step out of something. You need to step out working and accumulating whatever you think you need to do for God to have a breakthrough. What God is saying to us here, there's so, this is loaded with stuff. But he came to an everyday need. He said, he's, can, can you imagine the person that has a family, a wife, probably his mother, because they all, they all lived in, you know, he had Everybody lived in one house. They were, I think that's European. If you're, Euro, if you're a Euro, right, you never live alone. The moment you buy a house, two families move in. And then another family says, hey, let's build another story. I, I talked to a guy, you know, we were, you know, I think we were in Hungary, and he goes, and he goes oh, my house is 400 years old. And he goes, how many stories? He says, five. What happens? Well, the first story was dad's and mum's. Second story was my cousin's, the third. And he goes, so what do we do? When we want 
we don't have to buy anything. We just keep adding. Can you imagine that you're the guy? You're the woman that said, man, my family are depending upon me. My kids are depending. The school fees are due. The mortgage bill is due. Um, I dropped the car off at the mechanics. <laughs> I'm going to have to pay him. I'm going to have to pick up the groceries on the way home. And I haven't got it. Can you imagine all the excuses you'd be trying to make to your family? But God says this, the kingdom of God wipes off every excuse. And he says to the people that have only worked one hour, he goes, you know what? My generosity is to meet your need. My generosity is not based on how hard you've worked. So let me ask you a question. What are you waiting for then? What are, we, what, what, what are we waiting to ask? So God says this, you can ask for things you haven't worked for. You can ask for things that the system said you are disqualified. Wow. So, you, you know, can I just say this to you? This is how good God is. This is what upset the religious system is because people were working hard to being religious, doing all of these things, and they're saying, but hey, isn't this amazing? I, I'm, I'm a priest. I get up every morning. I do my rituals. I do it all. I do, I've been doing it ever since I was a kid. And, 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 and there is this tax collector that comes to Jesus, and God puts him in the same status as me. He goes, I can't have that. There's... There are people that says, I've worked so hard to get my financial status to this level. And God says, comes to the pauper and he says, I tell you what, I want you to pick up your bed, get out of your poverty, and go move into that suburb. And then people go, oh, hold on, so what did you, what did you do to work at this, to get to this suburb? Um, I came to Jesus and he took over. I remember a time when I've only finished year 10. I wanted to get into business. I wanted to, I thought, God, you know, I want a company car. I want an office. I want this. I was this. I was working on the tools. And God said to me, hey, Ted, I want you to apply for every job you're not qualified for. I said to Jesus, that's really easy. <laughs> Come on, give me something hard to do. I'm, I'm just qualified to be on the tools. Second job I applied for, I got. I, I even tried to talk him out of it. I said to them, look, I'm not really qualified, but I tell you what, drop my wage. I'll go to night school. I'll do this. I'll do this. And I said, no, no, we want you. And all of a sudden, here I am. I'm in my office. I have a company car. People treat me with respect. I get a business card. I'm getting, hey, from wearing dirty overalls to sitting in an office next to the CEO's office. And I get to use his PA. And you know what happened with that? I had so many people gun for me in that, in that thing. Well, hold on. You, how is it that you come from out of nowhere and God blesses you? It's called divine favor, church. So, we, so this is what, what Pastor Silva was talking about. It's about divine empowerment. It's divine grace. So uh, uh, people say, well, why is this important? Because the system we are entering in and it's getting harder and darker and darker. It's telling me you've got to perform. We'll tell you what you can expect. But now God says, I want you to go into my system. In my system, I determine the generosity. In my system, I determine the grace. I determine the favor. So God says this. This is teaching us that God wants to be the number one source in your life. 
You know what? The only thing that this story doesn't teach you is what those people that were angry with him did. God leaves that up to the crowd. So what are you going to do? Those watching online, what are we going to do? Are we going to get trapped in thinking, I know I worked hard, so why should everybody else? Or am I going to go, oh man, I haven't worked. God says this, I want you to come into my system. It's called the salvation system. It's called the kingdom of God. Where you come to God broken, dirty, broke, sick, and let God take over. The prodigal son came to the door, flat broke, broken, felt disowned. And when the father took him up, he, re, he put him back to where he should be. And I, I want to pray for you today. That in 2023, that the system, you will hop out of this system and get into God's system. Where you start to feel, well, my, my wage doesn't equal my lifestyle. Why? Because I have a God. My, my freedom isn't equal to how much I worship. My freedom isn't equal to all of these things. My freedom is based on the finished, gracious work of Jesus Christ. We get to the point that we can ask for things that we are not qualified for. We can dream dreams that we haven't got the talent for. We can ask for things that are impossible. That is why we go from this is impossible in this kingdom, but all things are possible in my kingdom. God is teaching you something. God is saying, come on, come to, to the end of this system because in my system, I see your need and I will supply your need, not according to what you have done, but according to my generosity. You see, when you come to God, you get blessed according to His generosity, not your own performance. Father, right now as we come to you, Father, I, I thank you so much for the finished work of Jesus. Father, I, I thank you that this church, us, everybody involved, everybody listening here and overseas. Father, we, we're coming into the kingdom system. Father, we, we're not dependent upon anybody else's generosity except yours. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, if, if you're into self-effort, if you're trying, I want you to just to come to the door, knock on the door and says, Jesus, here I am, and let him take over. From, the, from today onward, your whole dependence is upon the generosity of a good God. Let God heal your faulty, defective belief system and enter into the amazing, amazing, amazing kingdom of God. So Father, right now, I just put a blessing upon us, upon every family, upon every life, upon our finances, upon our relationships, upon our investments, upon our dreams. Father, we thank you that we don't have to depend 
upon our merit work-based system to get your blessing. But we have it. It's because you died for us. And Father, right now, we choose your system. Father, you have already chosen the system for us. But Father, right now, we choose it for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.